that relationships will go through And I give it all away Just so I could say that to you I know, I know, I know, I know That you're gonna be oh, okay I just love that song I hope you guys do too If you don't know who that is That is the band Heim You should definitely be checking them out Welcome to another edition of Just Another White Guys Podcast I'm so happy to have you along with us I just wanted to say how thankful I am uh, That so many of you Checked out the first episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're noticing the uh, the better audio quality of this second episode. We're trying a few new things, trying to make things better, and we want it to sound as best as we can. Well, joggers, we have a, another great episode for you today. We are going to jump back in and have another conversation, continuing the conversation uh, with the best wife on the planet. Of course, that's my wife. Uh, Nikki, before we do that, I want to bring her in. We're going to have a little bit of a conversation about something that's very important to me and something that's important to her and something that we're both very excited about. And that, of course, is the news that our favorite hockey team, the Minnesota Wild, have agreed to a contract extension for head coach Mike Yo. His his uh, contract, of course, was set to expire uh, at the end of June. Uh, so this will allow Mike to uh, continue on with the success uh, that they started uh, with the uh, playoff run, uh, beating Colorado in the first round, and uh, taking Chicago, I think probably maybe even a little deeper than some people thought, and uh, getting a decent run out of it. Very excited that he is signed. Nikki, what do you think? Well deserved, I think. You know, I'm very, I'm very excited for him. You know, especially considering earlier in the year there was lots of talk that he was probably going to get fired, and so uh, I'm, I'm happy for him. I think he's a good coach. I think that if they can get some different pieces in this over the summer, I think that they could really be a team next year that that could really do something. So, I mean, they have some really good pieces already, but if they can get some of those younger guys to come up a little better and just kind of fill in some of their holes better maybe get their goalie situation worked out. Could be doing pretty good, I think. And I'm not sure how many people realize how close Mike Yo was to getting fired during yeah, the season. Really close. Uh, I think it was I think they lost to they blew that lead to the New York Islanders in January and there were people that thought that it was a strong possibility. And honestly, if it wasn't for Darcy Kemper coming in and standing on his head yeah. and helping them win all those games, probably Mike Yo gets fired. Minnesota maybe doesn't even make the playoffs, and it's a whole different conversation. Yeah, the uh, the excitement level that went up uh, with this team, not only playing well in the playoffs, but winning Game Seven, beating Colorado, and moving on to Chicago uh, to take on the defending Cup champions. And really, they were in all of those games. You know, like I mean. Even the ones that they lost, they didn't get blown out. Like they were there. They were freaking Crawford. I mean, if he <laughs> if he went to played so well, I mean, and it's not even that Brizgolov didn't play well. Like he played pretty well. He just didn't play good enough. Yeah, it's the continued conversation of Minnesota being unable to score goals, and yeah. you know, there's people talking, "Oh, let's go get Thomas Vanek. Let's go do this. Let's go do that." Not sure that that's the best course of action. I'm not sure that you want to spend all the money that's going to take to bring in a Thomas Vanek, who's going to be another over 30 forward that you're going to tie up a spot for. Yeah. You don't want to block spots for all the talent that they have coming up. I mean, you're going to have a Nita Ryder, you have Eric Howla, uh, Jason Zucker is going to come back from injury. Um, there's so many pieces in play. And don't forget Dumba who's sitting back there, who is, who had a good, who had good production when he was in. Yeah, but Matt Dumb is a defenseman, so right. it's a little bit of a different scenario. But, but still, though. Tying up another roster spot, um, I don't think that's the way Chuck Fletcher and the Wild are going to go in this offseason. Uh, I think they will look to uh, shore up the blue line. But the first things first is they have to figure out the goalie situation. Mm -hmm. Maybe trying to move Backstrom. Don't know how likely of a scenario that is. I mean, realistically, what is the goalie market for a goalie in his mid was Bashram's in his mid 30s right now um and injured each of the last couple seasons mm. um Josh Harding of course with his struggles with uh, multiple sclerosis uh, do you think he's not, even gonna be able to come back I mean I don't even know indications were that he made to Michael Russo of the Star Tribune um were that he wasn't considering retirement at least at the last time uh Russo had talked to him so I think he's certainly of the mindset that he will try to come back and play again next season. 
Um, he has a contract through the end of next year. Uh, I last hope for year. his sake, yes. I mean, he is a really good goalie and seems like a great guy. Like, I, w- I will hope for him, whether it's with the Wild or not. Like, I really hope he gets a place he to play. He had an amazing, you know, first, what is it, a little over a third of a season. Yeah, he was he great. Was, he was the best goalie in the NHL. Um, his goals against average held up still number one throughout, I think, until at least late in the season. It's just a matter of will his body hold up to the rigors of an NHL season with the amount of stress that your body has to go through. Right. Um, It's tough on a healthy goalie to get through a season, and then you throw in the complications that can come with MS. And, I mean, as silly as this sounds, we have kind of a little bit of an understanding about MS because of our favorite (laughs) show on the planet is The West Wing, where – the the main character president bartlett had ms and it's not like you know obviously it was a dramatization and things like that but they delved into the rigors uh the toll that can that ms can take on your body when you add in pressure and stress and all of those other things so obviously not comparing comparing his struggles in life with a tv show but some of the education provided with that in that TV show did lend itself to a little bit better understanding of the disease that Josh Harding is going through and how tough it is to, you know, try to perform at a world-class athletic level while struggling with that disease. Right. So that's uh, what's going on in the world of the Minnesota wild. Uh, the team is starting to prepare for the upcoming NHL draft. Uh, they're going to have some meetings, uh, some organizational meetings coming up uh, later in June. Um, I think like June 9th to kind of talk about um, what directions they want to take, what players they're going to look at to try to pick up possibly in free agency, what players they're interested in drafting, uh, which of their unrestricted free agents they're going to look at signing. Um, from what I'm reading, it looks like Clayton Stoner and uh, Cody McCormick, who were picked up as p- Cody McCormick, of course, was picked up as uh, part of the uh, trade with Buffalo for Matt Molson. Highly unlikely that Matt Molson is back. Matt Molson probably cost himself uh, quite a bit of money uh, in the playoffs, even though reports are he had some sort of injury. So it's likely that uh, out of that trade, the the one part that uh, stays with the team is Cody McCormick and. The team will look to move on. Um, obviously, the Danny Healy era is over for Minnesota. Um, so they're going to look at a couple of other uh, other things as they move into July's free agency. Side note. Side note. Do you think the Heatley Twitter feed thing will go away then since he's not going to be there anymore? Oh, God. I hope at not Danny <laughs> Heatley goes away, at least not for a little while. Because that crap was funny. That <laughs> is one of the best Twitter accounts to follow. Hashtag 50 and 07 is just one of the funniest things. Clappers for cash, baby. Clappers for <laughs> cash. That's that's all you got to talk about. So it's going to be Classic. another interesting offseason, I think, for the Wild. Building off uh, their strong postseason performance, I think there's a lot of people that thought um, that maybe they would squeak into the playoffs. I don't think a lot of people really thought they were going to beat Colorado, so that really uh, helped create some positive momentum for this Mm -hmm. team really probably should have beaten Chicago. Um, and then it would have been an interesting series with LA. A couple things go differently in that Chicago series. I feel like LA uh, is more beatable than Chicago was for us. Um, it's, it's certainly a different game. Yeah. I think, uh, it would have been interesting to see, uh, what LA did in terms of play in the neutral zone. The LA Chicago series has been far more wide open than, uh, the Chicago Minnesota series was, so I think it sh- certainly would have been an interesting, interesting dynamic. And I know that uh, Russo would have loved to have had to force himself to cover a series in uh, in L.A. because you know yeah, that'd be terrible. Such a rough life. <laughs> so anyway, we're gonna wrap up with the hockey talk. There'll be more uh, Minnesota Wild talk here as uh, we ramp up going into free agency and the draft, and then uh, probably put it aside for a little while before ramping it up as uh, the season gets started here this fall. And another side note, Dustin did not even like hockey before we met, so you're welcome. Well, <laughs> I don't know that it's, it's – I don't. I wouldn't say that it's that I didn't like hockey. I had far less of an understanding 
right. of hockey, spending a lot of nights sitting at home and not having a job when we were <laughs> after. Uh, <laughs> I guess it was after we were already together after that point, but we did watch a bit of hockey. So I do have you to thank. That's one of the many things I have to thank you for. So where were we when we last left our find jog pod friends? That's a great question. I don't remember how did far we got. Did you not listen? I did listen. But you don't remember. I don't. I don't remember things. Like I have it's well established that I have a crappy memory. Like there's much documentation of the fact that I don't remember things. Should we pause really quick and go back and listen to the last <laughs> couple seconds of the I show? I feel like so. it was like when I moved to the Twin Cities and started playing out and such. Like it would have been getting about to the point where we would have been meeting. We were getting to about then. That's right. I completely I completely took us down a negative path where I was berating you for not playing music. Right, right. Mm. Which I have to say, I think maybe a little bit was spurred on by the fact that I berated you and threw you under the bus <laughs> on the podcast. But what did you do this week? I played some guitar. And how did that go for you? Um, crappy, but it was fun though. Anyway, <laughs> there was there was an overall air of like artistic. There was some energy, creativity create, happening. We had a little energy. creativity flow going in this house on Friday. Nothing really got accomplished. Um, <laughs> we thought about a lot we, of stuff though. We were like, "Yes, I have thoughts in my brain of being creative." And now we're gonna sit and watch West Wing for ten hours. Hey, it wasn't ten hours. <laughs> was it? Well, I mean, not for not Friday. <laughs> I think, no, it hasn't been 10 hours. Well. It's been close, I think. Because I think we're on episode 13, and we started at episode 4. Yeah, we're getting there. I mean, but they're 42 minutes, so it's not 10 hours yet. (laughs) By the end of this day, we will will probably have been at 10 hours. But, I mean, it's not like we've seen all the episodes five or six or ten times. No. Mm -mm. It's really the greatest show ever. I'm a big fan. And I have you to thank for that. That's right. I didn't get into West Wing until like, I think maybe the last season is when I started watching West Wing when it was actually on because it was always on on Wednesday or Sunday nights and I was doing stuff with church stuff. And so I had youth group stuff on Wednesday nights, Sunday nights, a lot of times I had stuff going on. So I never got to watch it. And I think I started watching it for the last season because I watched reruns at like two o'clock in the morning when I had insomnia on ABC, they would put on reruns of, uh, of West Wing and so that's when I started getting into it and then I watched the last season and that was that's the only season I ever watched of it yeah I think well it was on anyway I got episodes I I watched episodes on Bravo like I didn't realize that it was a I don't I'm not even sure I realized it was a first run still series going on when uh I would catch some of the reruns because at the time I was where I always worked nights because uh working at those uh, fantastic casino jobs, <laughs> which I love so much. had an mm. interesting conversation with my stepbrother, Jeremy, uh, on Friday night about working in casinos. But it's just an interesting dynamic of, you know, it's just a whole different lifestyle. We have spent a lot of time watching the show, but it's, it's really so good. If you have Netflix and you're interested in, don't get caught up so much in that it's political, like it's just a really well written show. Yeah, it just happens to be about politics and the people who. Uh, this has got to be what our fourth or fifth time going through it, maybe mm. fourth, maybe. I mean, we've I'm, watched like bits and pieces of it at different points or whatever, but yeah. But this is this is another start straight from the beginning and plow through. <laughs> How many seasons is, are there? Seven. Seven. Yeah. The problem is that I think there's kind of a lack of great television right now. Mm. Not not that there's not good television on, but we're at a point where a lot of the good shows are wrapping up, right. and we're going into the sum the you know we're moving into the summer months where there's fewer of our shows on, so Which, we have a lot more time to watch shows that we still enjoy that are that we've seen obviously a couple hundred times. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was just thinking about that. Like, we watch a lot of very serious TV right now, or kind of disturbing TV, like. Game of Thrones is a big favorite of ours. Mad Men, which is not so much happy. <laughs> well, I mean, Hannibal. you want to talk about disturbing. We watched the Han- the this oh last season of Hannibal is 12 Ridiculous. hours of some of the creepiest television ever. So good, though. You have to have a little bit of a solid stomach to get through some of those episodes. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously, it's not just because it's Hannibal Lecter and, I mean, Spoiler alert if you're not aware of this, but Hannibal Lecter is a cannibal. Like, if you didn't know that already, because, you know, the Silence of the Lambs movie's only been out for 
like 20 some years 92 91 91 ish 92 i can't remember somewhere in there i can't remember when that came out i don't have my phone so with anyway, me, so i can't google it hannibal is on nbc which, which i can't is, believe that show is still on like i am so excited that they have that on but season three i can't believe nbc is like sticking by that show it just seems like a show that they would be like um yeah we're gonna like and what nbc does with all any show that they have like they cut out on it too soon so i'm really glad that they're that they're sticking with it hopefully they'll move it off of fridays because i feel like fridays are gonna hurt are hurting it well that's, i think i'd read that somewhere that their ratings sucked because of fridays yeah i think that's part of it but it also has a huge um dvr factor right where a lot of people are recording it and watching it mads mickelson is freaking it, awesome it is very very good but it's it's super it's so, disturbing. It's I think, so gory. I honestly think that part of my nightmare issues yeah. have been from watching that show. Yeah, because I've had nightmare issues the last couple. I don't know how long would you weeks, say this has like been going on? Three weeks, maybe. And I don't know if it's to have that sleep apnea machine, so I'm sleeping better. So you're actually like remembering what you're dreaming. Yeah, I don't like that at all. <laughs> we need to get away from that. Remembering your dreams is highly overrated. I mean, if they were fun dreams, it would be one thing. But right. you know, I've had, and I had some. I've had some creepy dreams. Like I've had, I had a dream where I injured myself. Like I woke up in the morning and was injured from this freaking dream that I had. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. About oh, that. You're all sore. <laughs> it's seriously like how out of shape do you have to be to injure yourself while you're sleeping? Inappropriate. <laughs> I think someone in shape could have been injured from this dream that I was having. I'm not, I'm no, I know. You know, I only tried to kill someone with my, you know, bare hands and like strangle them. In fairness, the person in the dream shot someone and I chased them down and put them in a rear naked choke and squeezed them until they died. What, what does that say about me? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to sleep with one eye open, I think. <laughs> well, as long as you don't shoot anybody right in front of me, I think you'll probably I'll be probably safe. I'll probably be okay. All right. Plus, I have Buster to protect me. Buster loves me more than he loves you. <laughs> I don't I think, think that's so. I think in a battle between me and you, Buster takes me. I take him to the dog park, so. Yeah, but I give him treats and the best belly rubs ever. <laughs> so, who do I you think he loves who side, whose side do you think he's going to take? It's hard to say. Being that I'm the master of segues, I would like to say that since we've been talking about nightmares, I don't really see any other way to go but to talk about how we met and how we started our relationship i don't think that we really need to get too deep into this when we met you you had you were going through an interesting time in your life you you we talked about last episode how um how important it was of you being saved and and finding god and finding the church and and those sorts of things and and how devoted you were to that for a really long time and then there came a point in time where that kind of changed for you for a little while, right? That's a interesting way to pose that question, I guess. I don't think it really, it never really changed. I think, though, that I had some things going on that I had ignored for a really long time. Like, I, I was really insulated for a long time. I was really surrounded by people who all thought and believed the same things that I did. And so then when I exposed myself to people who did not believe those same things and pushed me, I just wasn't really prepared for it, and I I didn't do very well. Like, I had a, a three-month span of time where I really, uh, I was kind of floundering. Not kind of floundering. I was floundering. I was in a, I was a mess. We met at right, kind of the perfect time. Um, even though I was a complete disaster when we met, it, it, it was the perfect time. <laughs> Thank God we met when we did, honestly. You know, like, I was, I was dating and dating guys that weren't very good for me, and making some really bad decisions and I was just in a bad, I was in a bad place. And so when we met, you were kind of a knight in shining armor. <laughs> kind Not of, exactly. but I mean, kind of, I mean, you were very, I think what I really needed then I was really like, I was all over the place. I mean, I'm a roller coaster anyway, which we've established, but like I was hardcore all over the, you know, like I was very, almost manic like I was in I was really in rough shape and so when when we met you were very solid and even keel and kind of were a person that I could you were like a rock that I could kind of grab onto and my legs may be flying but at least my hands were onto something you know like I was all over the place and I so, am like the rock <laughs> if you smell what I'm cooking oh god 
I, it's amazing that it's taken only to the second episode to have a wrestling reference. I'm shocked. As it, I didn't make any wrestling references last episode. I don't episode. think so. Oh, that's all right. We'll change that. <laughs> but so, uh, so yeah. So when we met. Oh, wait. Hang on a second. Side note. Speaking of wrestling, we do need to make a quick correction to something that we talked about when we were talking last time. We have had more than one friend come visit oh. us. <laughs> yes, and Rod. This, and because I don't want to, I feel bad that I left this person out. But Rod, you have come to visit us. Our good friend Rod Stark, cousin of Tony Stark. <laughs> uh, Tony Stark. Tony Stark may be Iron Man, but Rod is the ice cream man. So. <laughs> I just want to say thank you, Rod, for coming and visiting us to pick me up both times to go to wrestling shows, both times to Arizona, good times, and Vegas. We do need to go to Vegas. Rod and I have discussed a uh, drunken Vegas podcast episode (laughs) in the future, so if you guys think that that would be awesome, you need to... Well, first thing you can do is you can follow us on Twitter, at JogPod, or you can send an email to jogpod at gmail.com. And if you want, you, you can make a donation and we can make that happen. So oh, we will be happy to, uh, you know, if all you joggers want to uh, donate to uh, taking the podcast on the road to Las Vegas, you should feel free to do so. I feel like the drunken podcast is better in theory than it will be in reality. <laughs> yes, but if, you think you're really funny when you're drunk. <laughs> I think I'm really funny sober. I think I just am enhanced when I'm drunk. So, Rod, here is your shout out. You are not, you, Hanson is not the only person that has come to visit us. I feel terrible that I left that out. In fairness, you've really only slept in the house and then we've left again. It's not <laughs> like you've hung out with us. We were incorrect. We have been visited by more than one person. This is true. However, the rest of you, you suck for not having to come visit us. It's a beautiful, scenic it's, Bartlesville, Oklahoma. It is. It, it actually isn't too bad. It has its upsides. We have been negative on it. Well, it's deserved, but partially out of just the bitterness of things not working out the way that we wanted to uh, and finding our ways. And I think that we've kind of shifted away from that and we're okay with being here because usually we find ways to leave and go and do other fun things. And then come back. <laughs> exactly. You were in a dark place. Yeah. You found me. I am your rock. Let's talk more <laughs> about how great I am. Well, you are pretty great. I have to say, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of you. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I have a low opinion of myself. And I don't, <laughs> I don't think that, Many people know how great I am because I don't ever talk about how great I am. Yeah, it's true. I mean, and humility is really like your best, your best quality, really. So yeah, when I you look up humility in the dictionary, there is a big fat picture of my face in there that says <laughs> humility. And then you switch and then it's under humble, uh, ridiculously good looking, douche, hilarious. That's not nice. <laughs> See, why are you always the first one, first person to be the dick on the podcast? It's just my thing, I guess. I don't know. It's, I'm good at it. We are now going to have a low-rated podcast because you are mean to me. Um, you have taken us off the positivity train and <laughs> taken us right into douche town. And it's all your fault. I was just getting ready to say something nice about you and you oh, ruined it. Oh, go ahead. It. Please. No, please. you ruined it. Oh, talk better. Continue to talk about me and how great I am. So our very first date, I'll go there. Since you're not giving me any direction on what exactly you want me to talk about, besides, you know, just saying how wonderful you are, which... Well, I mean, you could come up with other wonderful things to say. I guess there's maybe a few things that I like, you know, considering that I married you and all. Let's list them, please. <laughs> the top 10 greatest things about Dustin. <sighs> top 10 greatest things about Dustin. And um, remember that your family is listening, so there's probably a few things that would be on the list that you should probably leave <laughs> off. I'm just saying. Unless you want to be a completely open book. Either way, I'm fine. Um, I would say first you are, you give amazing hugs, like best hugs ever. Why are you laughing? I thought you were going to say something totally different. (laughs) Did you think I was really going to be an open book? I I didn't, I wasn't sure, but you never know. That's true. Um, I do give good hugs. You give amazing hugs. Um, I love that you're so silly and you make me laugh really, really hard. Um, I think that you are intelligent and you are fun to have a conversation with and argue with, which I enjoy. Um, I think that you are a really good cook. Thank, thank the freaking Lord. Cause well, that's got to be obvious. Why does that have to be obvious? Oh, I forgot. This is not a visual medium. Um, I feel like you are good at saying you're going to do something and then following through on it for the most part. You're 
got pretty good follow through. There are some people laughing at that one. <laughs> Why? What are they laughing at? You know. Continue on. I, I'm I'm enjoying this. <laughs> I can't imagine why you would be enjoying this. Um, you are really good at pushing me and encouraging me. Unfortunately, not encouraging me to exercise and or eat better food. But you know that that's my own fault. Well, you said well. I was a good cook. You didn't say I was a good cook. I'm making things that were healthy. To no, eat. we don't really know how to make healthy things. I know how to make chicken. <laughs> Boneless, skinless. That's what I buy. Healthy. And then you know. Top it with cheese and chili and cream of mushroom soup or, you know, rye. All that really good stuff. What am I at? Seven? I don't know. We don't really, you don't really need to do a top ten list of the okay. great things about me. So it's well established that, that I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty decent, okay person. When we met the first time, there's that moment of we hadn't ever actually met in person. So we talked for a couple hours online. And then we you decided we were going to... We decided you finally asked me out after I had been basically I told you ask me out like that's I basically had to tell you that and then you finally did. Well, in fairness, I'm not good at that sort of thing. And you you should tread lightly because <laughs> you watch your tone because there are things that we could I could just start dropping hammers right now. <sighs> OK, fine. I'll be nice. I'll be nice. So we finally meet. We finally go out. We're going to go to the movies when you haven't met someone the first time kind of have an idea of what you think they're going to be when you see them what's that that moment at the movie theater what's going through your head like when i saw you the first time that you had a really preppy spiky hair my hair wasn't spiky it was spiky no it wasn't didn't you have blonde tips then it was tipped blonde and it was spiky like not obnoxiously douche spiky blonde but it was it was really tall I don't think I wore my hair spiky then. Yeah, you did because I remember seeing you. Well, I had an in I had an unfortunate incident with uh, some blonde hair dye <laughs> that was probably still growing out, but that was the main thing. So you just were like, "What a preppy douche." Kinda, yeah. You had to you you kind of started in the hole a little bit because uh, I was not. We all know my love of the preppy. Well, anybody who knows me knows. That's hurtful. Sorry, I thought you were cute though. It's so funny because I don't think of myself as preppy. You're more like sporty preppy, even though, I mean... Sporty? Well, I mean, you wear, like, basketball shorts and whatever, like... Yes, I've never remotely been interested cl- in that's anyone. That's kind of the clothes that they make for fat people. <laughs> like, Reebok, Reebok and all these sports teams <laughs> make make these athletic col- clothes for really, really fat people who don't actually wear them to compete in any sort of athletic <laughs> endeavor. Mostly to just lay around in the house, but they have a giant Reebok across the chest because nothing says good brand endorsement like a big fat guy with your name tattooed across <laughs> their chest. So what did you think when you saw me? You did that really dorky Nikki head thing that I you swear do. to God I didn't do you that. You totally did. You did the <laughs> like the thing where you come up to someone and you're like. And you kind of like... They can't see you. I know. It's hard to describe, but anyone that knows Nikki has seen her do this. Like the, <laughs> hey, how you doing? And you had your leather jacket and your chucks. And I was like, really? Chucks, huh? All right. Well, that's an interesting style choice. I wasn't aware that it was still 1994, but hey, you know. Chucks never go out of style, my love. Never. I didn't. I didn't. I never fully appreciated the chucks. That's mostly because I'm a Nike whore. <laughs> and... I'm from Oregon. That's what we do. We're Ni- what's we are the land of Nike. Mm. But the leather jacket, I did like the leather jacket. That's a good leather jacket. Was I like that leather one. jacket. So we go to the movies. Then you have to tell this story because this is good. The story about how I talked so much about pain oh, that yeah. I couldn't get <laughs> yeah. the money to work. <laughs> this is a good story. So the whole time we're talking online, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm. I'm old-fashioned guy, whatever. I think the guy should pay, blah, 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 blah. Which is true. I think on the first date, the guy should pay. If the if it's an, if it's a mutually agreed upon thing where like you guys are going to go out and a guy says, hey, I want to take you out, you should pay for things. Going Dutch can happen later. But on the first date, the guy should pay. Right. So he goes to try to buy the tickets and his card was like demagnetized. It wouldn't, it wouldn't swipe. And so he's like, um... Well, will you, you know, can you just punch in the numbers or whatever? And they're like, no, we can't do that. So then I had to pay for the movie. I was like, mm, and what is start. such BS is that 
It's their card machine's fault. My card worked fine. I'd used it earlier in the day. There was no problem with my card. And, of course, we live even back then. So this would have been, what, 2006? Even then, we're, we're so out of the carrying cash on our persons. Yeah. Like, no one has cash. It didn't work. And I'm just like, please, just please, just punch in the numbers. It's, <laughs> that's why you have the goddamn keypad in front of you so you can punch them in. No, I'm sorry. We can't do that. Well, no, it's not that you can't do that. You're choosing you just, not to you won't do, that. do that. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry. We, that's just, that's just what's going to happen. So chivalry was dead. I had to pay for our first date. And everything was ruined. <laughs> and we went and saw, um, I'm blanking on the name of the we movie. We saw The Departed. The Departed. Yes. Great So movie. my theory is that if you go, if your first date is to uh, the uh, winner of the Academy Award, chances are you're going to end up having a long and prosperous <laughs> marriage. That makes sense. I mean, I have my own personal experience to go on. So that, <laughs> that's all the example that's you such need. such a large sample size. I can't believe that it can't be it's completely be accurate. True. So then what happened? So then, so we just met there because we hadn't met in person before and neither of us knew if the other one was crazy or not or at least a tolerable amount of crazy. So, uh, so we met there and then you had said that you would call me the next day and I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Because I had been on several dates and they all said, yeah, I'll call you the next, I'll call you tomorrow and never called again. So I wasn't really expecting that I would actually get a phone call. And so then you actually called the next day, which was very nice. And the, <laughs> so a little side note going back to the, to the movie theater, what I found out later that you told me is that you didn't want me to see you go to your car because it was such a piece of shit. You didn't want me to see your car. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> that car I've, was a piece of crap. I've had a, uh, until, until the beast. You got a nice car now. I have had a very long string of garbage automobiles. <laughs> I don't even remember which one I was driving. Was I driving the blue one or the no, red the one? No, the Toyota. The little uh, the wagon. That's right. I had the hatchback by then. Because I'd smash my other really awesome car into a telephone pole. <laughs> That's right. God. Such an idiot. <sighs> so but that was pretty funny. In fairness, like, over, like, six years, I'd spent, like, a cumulative total of, like, $2,000 on cars. So. <laughs> and it showed. <laughs> hey, well, they got me where I needed to go. And that's, that's what was most important. That's true. But so you actually called me the next day, which was nice. And then um, since you had punked out on pain for the movie, you said you would come over and make me dinner. And so you did. You made me spaghetti and you brought two different kinds of wine and you hate wine. You brought a red and a white because you didn't I know which one to, wine. to. I spent 15 minutes at the uh, at the Egan <laughs> Byerly's uh, in the in the in the liquor store discussing wine options with uh, a very nice gentleman. I was explaining to him how this is uh, my uh, my attempt at uh, making good on a terrible first date impression. And I really needed to and how how it <laughs> only cute. seems right that. If I'm bringing dinner, that I should probably bring wine, even though I don't drink wine. And what wine should I use to, uh, to serve with spaghetti? And so, and I told him that I don't really have a lot of money. So if you could point <laughs> me in the direction of, I mean, do you have a bargain bin? Like, which which one of these on sale uh, brands? At least is you didn't good? bring like a boxed wine or something like that. So you did better that way. Yeah, well, you know, that would have been along the the fine Rancleave line of heritage of bringing quality <laughs> beverages. Of my grandparents had boxed wine in their house all the time, or those big jugs, the like big the glass Morgan jugs David. with the little with the little <laughs> hook handle thing. That's what we had for communion wine growing up. The Classic. Mogan David grape juice, basically, it was called. It was called. So I make dinner. Yes. And obviously, I mean, because it's me, it's amazing. It was really good. Props to Roxanne. Thank you, Mom, for uh, she taught you well. giving me some skills. Sadly, none of those skills were in how to, you know, prepare something like uh, grilled fish or anything. <laughs> but what I know how to make is all tastes really good. You can smother that with cheese and with some grease and fat. It's perfect. So good. Mm. Some bacon on there. And so we have that date. Yeah. And things go well. Yeah, I think you were at my apartment till what, 3 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> Maybe. But. Lots being, of making out. Being the, the quality people we are, all above board. Yes. No, in, no nothing inappropriate. Nope. Just lots of making out. Lots, lots of, of making lots out. Lots of smooches. You were basically at my house after yeah, that. Yeah, a lot. Because you had a, a nice apartment <laughs> <laughs> that didn't smell bad. <laughs> Even though you had cats that I hated. Yeah. We had 
I mean, we had a pretty quick courtship. Like, it yeah. was sans the week where you tried to get rid of me. <laughs> I knew you were going to say something about that. <laughs> I mean, I you, can't, you can't really leave it out. It's an important part of the story. There was, there was a time where you... And I think, and in fairness, like, we really rushed into... Like, we went on a couple dates and it was like, are we together? Yeah. Well, because basically we were. And that's also another naive thing on my part because I'm like, (laughs) well, isn't that just what you're supposed to do? I mean, we've went out a few times and like, you're my girlfriend, right? (laughs) And so we kind of rushed into that. And I think, one, there was another guy that you wanted to show you attention and wasn't really doing that. But then he found out about me and then suddenly oh, well, maybe I should put in a little effort. And so then you get kind of pulled in that direction. And and it's fun for me to break your balls about, but <laughs> I understand the reasons why you did it. Well, and I just wanted to make sure that I was, that I wasn't, I didn't still have feelings for him or whatever, you know, because like when we had met, we, because he and I were like, like one week, one week we liked each other, the next week we hated each other. It was very dysfunctional and all over the place. And so, when you and I met, I think it had been like two weeks since I had seen him or talked to him and we hated each other at that point. And we're never going to speak to each other again. And so then you and I talk and then he must have emailed me or something in between then found out that I had a date and then got very, all of a sudden was very attentive and very interested yeah. in what was going on. And then, so. and cause, cause you went home for Thanksgiving is what happened. We parted like when you were leaving to go to your parents' house it was that we were together and I was going to see, we'll, you know, see you in a couple of days when we come home from Thanksgiving and, and uh, we'll hang out. And then I got the, uh, Hey, can we talk <laughs> sort of, and there's really, I don't know what anyone else's personal experience is, but when you get the, Hey, we need to talk beginning of a sentence, it's, it rarely is about to go well. Yeah. Well, and, but I think though, I mean, I wasn't trying to break up with you. I wasn't trying to have you go away. I didn't want you to go away. I just wanted to make sure before I said, yes, I'm your girl, that I knew that I no, didn't you, still like you. Wanted, you wanted to keep me close enough so that if the number one fell through, that I wasn't too far away. No way. <laughs> Come on. No, I just wanted to make sure. Okay. And I did. And That's it worked right. out very well. So fuck you. Whoa! Whoever I, I can't even remember what the guy's name is. All That's I remember fine. is drummer. Don't need to say hey, name. drummer! Fuck you, because I won, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm a Leo. I won, so I gotta be like, <laughs> boom. After that, really, it was basically inseparable. Yeah. And and then you basically just moved in. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> For the most part. And I gotta be honest, I don't remember a ton of that six months. Because I think there was so I had so much going on and we we had tons of fun and tons of other things and I was going to school and working and I mean I had a pretty and you had a full schedule and I had a full schedule yeah and honestly like I don't remember a ton of stuff that we did in that first six months I don't either but it was like six years ago yeah. no longer than that eight years ago now I remember I went to Chicago oh yeah to go to wrestling and I remember I went to Oregon. And I remember we got in a huge fight because I, we went to Cub and I made you buy a bunch of groceries and you were like, how the hell am I supposed to pay for all this? Yeah. Because you had no idea how to actually buy groceries for yourself beyond like like $10 at a time of buying like chips and salsa. Yeah, because I ate Diet out all the time. I didn't... Diet Dr. Or you were drink, drink, drinking Diet Pepsi at that yeah. point. But. I mean, I didn't, I didn't make food at home. I mean, my kitchen was like... About the size of our current bathroom, I mean, it, our, the kitchen was dinky. So you couldn't really cook in there. I mean, there was like one little counter. There wasn't like, I wasn't looking at kitchen space when I got that apartment. I didn't really care. So I never cooked. So I just ate out all the time. I think that probably was the biggest fight that we had probably for the first like two years of our relationship was yeah. the not long after we were together, people started dying. <laughs> yeah. Like, and yeah. And it's 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 not a fun way to put it, but I mean it's just it, it kind of everything kind of took a turn. Yeah. Of things got real serious. Yeah. And we went to a, we had to go to a couple funerals, and and then 
I think a lot of it was there was a lot of we're having fun together. Yeah. Well, because the whole time you were you were going to graduate from school in June and then you were moving back to Oregon and I wasn't going to move to Oregon unless I was married or at least close to being married. And all along you had been saying, you know, that you weren't you weren't going to be married for a while. You wanted to do you wanted to get yourself established and whatever. And and so which I understood, you know, and so I didn't it all seemed very like while I knew that I loved you and I knew that we were having a really good time together and that like there was something there between us. It always seemed very temporary because you were going to leave in June and then that was going to be it. Like we were just having fun until you left. And then at some point that all changed. Well, yeah, at some point, like I started thinking, well, hmm, I think I'm going to be pretty bummed when he leaves. Like it's not just going to be like, well, that was fun. Now he's gone. You know, like I, I started to realize that I was gonna, I was gonna be more bummed than I thought. And then you tried to break up with me. And then I did try to break up with you. <laughs> and then we got engaged like two days later. <laughs> but I, I don't think I, I really don't think that we should gloss over that though. Yeah. Because it leads it it leads into I think what can be a very interesting discussion in the fact that you had strong reservations about being in a relationship with someone that didn't believe the same things that you did. Right. And, and I didn't need you to necessarily believe the exact same things that I did, but I needed you. I, I was, we very needed concerned. to be in the same, in the same realm. Yeah. And we, we aren't, aren't. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, had you ever told me that I would marry somebody who wasn't a Christian, who wasn't a strong believer I would have said that was crazy I never would do that and I think the reality is the things that I mean obviously it would be great if we shared a faith I think I mean I would love that but we don't and so but we share enough of everything else that it makes it makes it work but I was I was concerned about it and and I don't think it, and it wasn't a small consideration. I mean, it was a big consideration and something to think through because it's not just somebody that I'm hanging out with and having fun with. Like you're, I share my life with you, and so I wanted to make sure that we could share a life. At what point do you do you have a do you have a recollection of this is when I started to really have a concern with it? I mean, all the way along. I mean, I think I mean my friends as they were meeting you, they all liked you. They all thought you were great, but they all had the same concerns that we didn't share our faith. We didn't share the same faith and where could it go, you know? And so, um, they all had, they all had the same concerns and I had the same concerns as well. And so when I tried to break up with you, I just had gotten, I just had a really good conversation with a pastor friend of mine and we were talking about our relationship and stuff and like kind of a concept or passage in the Bible that talks about, you know, being equally yoked and being, being, um, yoked to someone or being tied to someone who, who can carry the same load as you like spiritually or whatever, you know, like that's, that's kind of what that means. And so, you know, he, he and I had a really serious talk about that and like, he didn't tell me that I should break up with you because he wouldn't say that, but basically that's, that was where we left it. And so I thought a lot about it and prayed a lot about it and, Ultimately, what came down to is when I tried, when we started our conversation, I was going to break. I don't even know that I knew I was going to break up with you. I just knew we needed to have a really intense conversation and whatever came out at the end of that is what came out. And I think at the beginning of the conversation, I really thought that we would probably end up breaking up. And somewhere in the midst of the conversation, I just realized that I couldn't, (laughs) that it just was not going to be possible. So, um, so we were just going to have to make it work. Which, of course, goes back to your list of all the things about me that are so great. Exactly. From the time of that conversation to our engagement was like, what, like a week? Maybe. Yeah, I don't even remember exactly. And I think, and I think what happened is, because I honestly did not have like some grandiose plan of getting engaged or anything like that. And mostly it was because I wasn't going to ask until I knew for sure that you were going to say yes. <laughs> because I have this issue with rejection. My re- my recollection is that somewhere in the midst of that convers the the almost breakup conversation was well I think I basically said if yeah. you asked I would say yes right. I, th- I was like oh. maybe I, I maybe said exactly that or something yeah, basically I, I said that 
that you came away with that anyway. Right. Because then we actually even started talking about what we would want to do if we got married. Like, you know, would we go to an island somewhere? Would we go to Vegas? Would we do, you right. know, whatever? But both of us thinking at that point that it was a long way off. Yeah. Another big part of us tied together with Cub Foods. <laughs> Our biggest fight was because I think honestly, if anyone has any friends of Cub Foods, maybe you should see if they want to sponsor the podcast. Even though <laughs> there's no Cub Foods in Oklahoma, I mean, the Cub Food played a major role in our the it at did. least the early part of our relationship. It did. It was the cause of our first fight, and we had such a wonderful experience at a Cub when we drove back to the apartment. We were sitting in that car. I was so overtaken with the glorious experience <laughs> that was cup food, I could not help but ask you to marry me. Yeah, it was very thought out and planned. I mean, it was well planned. That was pretty funny. Because there's... It's very us. We, got, we decided to go ahead and get engaged. I don't think I ever saw anyone go from I'm a cold-hearted bitch to I'm a delicate flower, <laughs> super open to I want a full girliness thing going on wedding as fast as you did. I don't, I don't, I found levels of girliness that I didn't know I had. I didn't know I was such a girl until I started to plan a wedding. And a lot of people didn't know that you were going to marry a dude at this point in your life. That's true. There are a lot of people that thought I was a lesbian early on there. I, I, I don't think anybody would have been shocked had I come home and said, you know, hey, this is my girlfriend. <laughs> Nobody would have been surprised by that. No, I don't think so. <laughs> but, I mean, kind of. I am kind of your girlfriend. I, I mean, mean, you I, are the chick of the relationship yeah. for sure. Emotionally, anyway, you are much more the girl than I am. It depends. That, I don't know about that. We have our... I think I think that you like to make that joke, but I, I don't know. think that's I don't that's know that that's really, that's really true. true. Although, on this weekend, I would say that I've cried more than you have, so... I can't help it. Like, it's another thing that's my mom's fault. And it's my fault, too, because this is what I get for making fun of her about crying at stupid TV commercials. <laughs> no, I do You're sensitive. It. I am a sensitive guy. I'm in touch. I'm in touch with that side of my body. Mm. That feminine side. Mm -hmm. But I think that's okay. Like... I think it's good to have the ability to be open about your emotions because God yeah. knows I hold on to a lot of other stuff. I might as well cry once in a while. And I think honestly, like that's one of the things I love about you is that you're able to be emotionally open like that and aren't afraid to cry. And aren't. I'm just not really into the whole macho guy thing. Like that's just not my. Thank God for that. <laughs> I just don't really like the alpha male thing. I just am not. That is a huge turnoff for me. And so, and not that you don't have your alpha maleness, because you certainly do. You, it comes out. But at the heart of it, you're very sweet and tender. And when has my alpha maleness come out? I don't know. Like, it just comes out in little things. Like, I don't know. I can't think of any specific examples. So, you're just going to throw out something that you have no ability to corroborate. Right. What are you, Fox News? Yes. <sighs> the pro I don't remember specific examples. I'm sorry. Like, are you talking about, like, kind of when I get my dander up when somebody messes with us or something? Yeah, or just, you know, like, you... Could you make a little more noise? Shut up. Yeah, I mean, you just have... Like, it'll come out every once in a while. Like, you can... Like, your guyness will rear its ugly head, you know? Like, and that's... I mean, it's... And I don't even mean it that way. I mean, you don't need to give me a look about it, but... I mean, you're a guy. Like, it'll come... It comes out as it should, and I'm a girl, and that comes out. Sometimes I'm more of a dude. Sometimes I'm more of a girl. What do you remember about the year leading up to our actually getting married? A year was a blur. Because we had about two months before Natalie got diagnosed. Um, well, and, and even before that. So, engagement, I graduate, get a job, move to Little Falls by myself. Yeah, and I stayed. To in, live with Scotty. Yeah. And... That just kind of starts getting going. We we go to we go to Dad and Janelle's house a couple times, and we can kind of tell that there's something wrong. Like, yeah, she doesn't. Natalie doesn't really walk right. Well, she, her she eye had crossed because that had started. That was before school was out. That her eye had crossed. Yeah, and that so, that was stuff was starting. And then I think it was when we went over to do birthday stuff. Yeah, and she couldn't swallow she the was pizza. Having, she was having trouble eating. And and so like it was under the guise that she had choked on like a hamburger or something. And so, I mean, she had like an enormous amount of pizza in her mouth that she just was chewing but wasn't swallowing. And I felt really bad about it. Like I made her cry because we're all like, Natalie, 
swallow the damn pizza, <laughs> you know, like it's gross. And she got, she got really upset. And like, I even remember that day she had a friend over and the friend and Natalie and I walked down to the river and, um, like Natalie was trying to jump up onto a, a swing at the park and couldn't coordinate herself to jump. And I just thought, wow, that like, it didn't occur to me that that, I mean, she was a 10 year old girl. Like you should be able to jump onto a swing. It didn't occur to me that that was something I should be worried about. It just, I was like, wow, she's just really uncoordinated, you know? And then like we were trying to chuck rocks into the river and like, she couldn't work it out to throw the rock. Like her, her coordination was really off. So those are all things that I should have like. Well, and I mean, I don't think that I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that dad would say that they, they had noticed other things too. And yeah. But it wasn't until they went to the water park that they were like, wow. Yeah. The day that they went to the hospital, like something was very wrong. Yeah. That's just one of those phone calls that you get that you don't ever really forget. Yeah, it's pretty horrible. And that started an an interesting time for us because I was gone from... Yeah, you're two hours away. Coming home on the weekends. And, like, I I have to be completely honest. Like, I completely withdrew. And I, I didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah. Because I'd made the the biggest mistake that you can make is I found out what was wrong with her and then I went on the fucking internet and started reading about it. And, well, and what she had, I mean, there's no good news. And so. so I did what I do, which is withdraw and distance myself because I somehow think that that's going to end up making it better, which is completely stupid. That was that was a really really hard time, and did um grandma's boyfriend um, Walter did Walter pass away first? Yeah, he passed away like in January, mid January. That's right, because it was a little over a year after Addison, right? Yeah. So, in basically like fourteen months or something like that, that's that's just it was just a really tough thing to go through. To have that Kate and and her family had and meeting your family under those circumstances and then Natalie gets sick and all the stuff that goes into that and there's so much that I wish I could go back and change about the way I acted then that I just didn't understand like I well and I just don't think that we really thought that she was gonna die you know like I, I was reading a lot and looking at things and it started to sink into me, but I don't think that I really, I just didn't think it would be possible that it could really happen. You know, like to see this vibrant little girl who was so creative and had so much, so much in her to just watch that snuffed out and right in front of us was very, like it, I just didn't, I didn't think it would really happen. And really we're lucky that she didn't die at Thanksgiving that year. I mean, she almost, like, right after Thanksgiving, she was, that was a very, like, I remember being at your dad's house and just watching them frantically run and trying to get her, her medication into her, and she couldn't go to the bathroom, and just, like, I mean, it was horrible, like, what, and I'd never seen that look on your dad's face, like, even after she had been diagnosed, and we knew what the diagnosis, what it likely meant, even, he didn't have that kind of fear on his, in, in his eyes, and he was scared at Thanksgiving. I don't even remember this. Yeah, because we got home. So we went up to my parents for Thanksgiving, and we got back into the cities. And you must not have been going. Maybe you were going back that night. I don't remember to Little Falls. or I don't remember any of that now. But I rem- we went over to your dad's house to go see them, and Natalie had a really rough weekend. And um, I think cause she had developed. She had a UTI, and then she got thrush. And so she couldn't. Like, she was having a hard time swallowing anyway, and then her mouth was all... She had a yeast infection in her mouth. Like, that's what thrush is, and it was just... Like, they were trying to get this medication into her, and, like, it was it was horrible. And the only way they could get it in was with ice cream, and they ran out of ice cream, and so they were waiting for Matt to get there with the... It was just... It was terrible. A horrible night. And I don't think I realized... I don't think we real Even though, like... Because you're in it, and so you're too close to it. You can't see, like... Stepping back from that, I we should have realized, like, she could die tonight. Like, we should have never left that house that night. You know, but, I mean, because then she rallied, and 
we there was like a prayer they did like a prayer circle around the house and a bunch of kids from school and family and friends and stuff all came and circled around the house and prayed and she rallied that day like she almost died on Sunday night and on Monday morning she got up and wanted to go to school and see friends and stuff that day and she could actually talk a little bit again because she hadn't been able to talk before that and uh and she was I mean that bought her until February. I mean, that bought her a month and a half, basically. Well, no, it would have been more than that, because if that was Thanksgiving, she didn't pass away until the first week of February. It bought her two months. Yeah, two months, yeah. It's And it's it's conversations like this that that I have to be careful not to try to beat myself up about, because right. I don't remember this stuff. Yeah. And I think part of it is a defense mechanism, and part of it, and part of it is because I wasn't conscious of what was... I was not pain enough I was not into it the way I should have been like I should have been I shouldn't have quit my job after she died I should have quit my job before and I should have come home and I should have been around and it's easy to say now and it's easy to kick myself about it and all that stuff but there's there's just there's a lot of stuff that I wish I could I could change about but that I whole mean, time I'm, and it's yeah. and it, it's it's fair to say that I think maybe you didn't think that she was going to die, but I think I I didn't want to believe it, but I think I, I knew from what I read that she probably wasn't going to get better. And that was the problem for me is because I I acted the exact opposite way that I should have acted knowing that having that thought in the back of my head that thought should have led to me being around more and it led to me being around less. And I still have issues. I still struggle with dealing with that. And it still leads me to being depressed about stuff. And it still leads me to being mad at myself. And, and it's a tough situation to try to kick yourself out of because I can't do anything about it now. Like I can't change any of it. Right. And so it doesn't do any good to continue to dwell on it, but it's, it's a lot of things that I regret. and But I think, though, I mean, you just do the best that you can as you're going through it. You know, like, I mean, my family has gone through a lot of loss. And and my, my dad lost his brother when he was in his late 20s after a three-year battle with cancer. And you do the best that you can in that time. And so, like, you just, you can't, I know it's easy to say, but you can't beat yourself up about it afterwards, like, you do the best that you can with with what you can during that time and give as much as you can give during that time and just know that you're not going to be satisfied with it. You can't be. I mean, they're gone. So you can't be satisfied with the time that you had or the job that you did or whatever. It's never going to be enough. And I think part of that is, other than my grandma passing away when I was like five, I never dealt with a loss of someone that I had been so close to because even even though my grandma and grandpa on my mom's side had passed away, they my grand my grandpa Wally was sick basically from as long as I can remember. And so him being in the nursing home and that sort of stuff was something that I was just just used to. Um my grandma started to have issues but I moved away and didn't and didn't come back to Oregon hardly ever. And so I was so used to her not being around in my like in my immediate life right. that it was a different loss for me than it would have been for my mom or for Andrew or you know Aunt Grandma dying you know took a real toll on Andrew because Andrew had spent so much time with her but for me Natalie getting sick and passing away on top of the fact that it's a child right. And all of the all of the sadness that comes with that of of a life that young being taken away was the fact that I had never really been in a position to deal with a loss like that. Or, I mean, I couldn't I couldn't even tell you the the last funeral that I had gone to aside from the funeral for Addison before that. Yeah, you know, I think probably. It may not have been since my grandma's my grandma P 
PJ's funeral when I was a little kid. Honestly, I probably should have sought some professional help at that point. I probably would be in <laughs> in a better mental situation about things than than I was, but I kind of just retreated into a hole and we focused on getting married and after that. Yeah, because really, I mean, when so we got engaged in June and then Natty was, Natalie was diagnosed in August and then she passed away in February and we had done very little to plan for the wedding up until then. I mean, a few little, I mean, well, we had the venue and we had the pastor. Other than that, we hadn't done much. So we, there was a lot to do from February through till June to get ready for the wedding. And I mean, and we're just so lucky to have the family around us that we had yeah. because Dan and Janelle certainly were not in a position to spend time worrying about our wedding. Like right. they had so much other stuff going on. The help that we got from other people in helping us plan and set up and, and all of those things are just, and honestly, like our wedding pretty much came off without a hitch. Like, except for like the 45 minutes of rain right before the ceremony, the sun was out, everyone had fun. Considering some of the family situations that I've had, it it was a pretty successful event. I don't think anybody got into a fight, really. I mean, you almost killed yourself trying to get up onto the stage. Yeah, well, I didn't realize all those stools were going to be right there. <laughs> and it actually wasn't the stool's fault. It was, it was the carpet. The carpet. <laughs> those damn shoes that I was wearing, too. They just caught and did a header into some stools. It's really a miracle that you didn't hurt yourself. It is really a miracle. I bounced pretty much just, you know, <laughs> it truly was a bittersweet day. Yeah. I cried more than you on that day. <laughs> and I cried. My problem was I cried when I saw your dad because your dad was all like emotional. My dad's a big softy. He's so. got a crusty exterior, but he's, he's pretty, he's pretty much a teddy bear on the inside. I can, rem- I can, I can close my eyes. And I could play back pretty much the whole thing. The ceremony? Yeah. I It's like so blurry to me. I barely remember any of it. Yeah. It's Sanoski and, you know, the, this thing with the thing with the flowers and sorry, I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> <laughs> gotta the be thing a, with the flowers gotta, when we gave the flowers gotta, to our parents? Or? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we, had, we had the chair, you know, that. An empty chair that represented Natalie. And yeah, and like Libby carried two bouquets. She was our flower girl, and Libby was Natalie's best friend. And Libby was our Libby stood in as our flower girl since Natalie couldn't be there, and carried two bouquets. And that was pretty. That was pretty emotional. Like the, overall, the whole day was very emotional. I mean, I think weddings, it's emotional anyway. Um, but I think all that we had been through, leading up to it, all that our families had been through. You know, like it was a very, it it was good to have something happy to gather for, um, but it was also kind of difficult to be happy. You know, like not that we weren't, not that we didn't celebrate that day, but it, it was, we had just been through a lot. So, and like I said, you know, some of this podcast is going to be for me to get some of this shit out of my head. And so I know probably some of the last 15 or 20 minutes hasn't been the easiest stuff to listen to, but it is all a part of our story and it's a part of my story and it's a part of our lives together. And to talk about it really, it's cathartic in a way for me to actually talk about it. And, and so if it's been hard for you guys to listen to, I I do apologize, but this is some of what this podcast is going to be about. It's not going to be all joking around and having fun. It's going to be some real conversations. I have plans of of bringing on some people that I really respect to talk about some stuff like mental illness and things like that, that are things that we need to talk about. There's going to be fun and there's going to be laughs and we're going to have a good time. And I think, I think there's a place for all of it and you know, we're going to try to present it in a fun way, but there's really no way to tell our story together without talking about, um, without talking about what happened uh, with Natalie and, and going into our wedding that leads to I left Little Falls Radio and came down and I took a job. I was working part-time at KSTP um, doing doing overnight stuff. And then we uh, we ended up in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. And it's – I honestly don't really even know how that happened. 
why why do you think that we ended up saying yes? <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, I think, I mean, of, of any place I ever thought I would live, Oklahoma was probably second to last on the list. Iowa would have been first and then Oklahoma after that. Um, you thought you'd have lived in Mississippi or Alabama before you lived I hadn't in... been to those places, so I didn't know. Oh, places that you'd been to. Yeah, okay. places I'd ever been to. Oklahoma and, and Iowa were, Iowa was the last on the list and Oklahoma would have been just above that. So when the opportunity came up, I mean, the reason why we ended up even talking with with Matt and, and with EBCC was because it was initially Matt and I had joked about it before he left, before he and his family moved down here. We had just kind of written that off as like not a possibility. It wasn't something we would do and whatever. And then at some point you had just said, you know, hey, I've been kind of looking at Bartlesville a little bit. Like if it's something you're interested in, you should at least talk to him. Like if nothing happens, nothing happens, but you should at least talk to him. And so then that was kind of the catalyst for us to even have the conversation and then for us to come down for a weekend and kind of, you know, get a little bit of a feel for what it was here not long after I was offered the job and then we were on our way here. And there is a lot of stuff to talk about in Oklahoma and I don't really think that anyone's going to want to sit through another hour of us talking. <laughs> right. So you're going to have to come back next time. We're going to talk more about living in Oklahoma. We're going to talk about some of the stuff that we've really liked about Oklahoma, some of the stuff that we haven't liked, and maybe even a few more of the fun things that we've done. Before we go, I have had a couple conversations with some people, and we've worked in what we think is going to be a great new bit for the show. <laughs> and the bit is going to be Dustin Jones's random rules for life. And every week, I'm going to share with you what I think is a very crucial and important rule to live by. We're going to start with rule number 78, which is unless you are allergic to bananas, if you don't like banana bread, I don't want to know you. So that's the first rule that you need to know for this week. Every week we're going to have one for you. You are welcome to uh, send in what you think should be important rules to live by. You can do that by following along the show on Twitter at jogpod, J-A-W-G-P-O-D, or send us an email uh, at jogpod at gmail.com. Uh, questions you have for us, topics you want to talk about, please send those along. Uh, we hope that you've had some fun on this episode. We are going to have more fun for you coming up uh, next week. So come back, listen, enjoy. Thank you for being with us. Always protect the five hole. It's just me against the world. 